Happy to be here again with you. This is Fly in the Wall from Souls and Hearts. I am Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist in Indianapolis. We are here with uh, our co-host. Dr. Jerry Creed from Atlanta, Georgia. And with our esteemed guests. And we're happy to have each one of them with us. And over here, we have Dr. Mark Lafke of Glafke Psychological Services in Lafayette, Indiana. Dr. Andrew Sodegren from Rural Woods. <laughs> Got it right. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. It's very good. All right. Dr. John Cadwallader uh, from Central Psychological Services on the south side of Indianapolis. And we have Dr. Erica Goudan from Integritas Psychological Services on the east side of Indianapolis. And it's a pleasure and honor to be spending time together. And we are going to pick it up with the topic where we left off the last time we all got together. And I did see that you guys all managed to wear the same shirts. Walter. Um, and um, and uh, we're going to talk about the human and spiritual formation uh, that we do. Right? What kinds of things do we think it's important for us to do as clinicians in order to be able to do this work? So, bigger our viewers might be interested in that. Before we get into that, I think this is a good discussion because it's a sense of where, I don't know about you guys, but I think there can be an over-idealization mm -hmm. of us as therapists too. But they think that we're we're perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm actually I'm I'm here filming this with you. I'm bilocating doing therapy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're bilocating to your your daily holy hour. <laughs> so so I mean there is that sense in terms of how people see us in terms of you know and also the real in terms of that which we are, which can be both in some ways or misrepre misrepresented. Yes. Yeah. But it's immensely, I mean, huge part of what we do. Like, I, I couldn't imagine being a therapist without spending time in preparation, in prayer, in sacraments. Um, but also uh, fraternally, like this is like interacting with other Catholic therapists that, you know, um, reaching out to some of you, reaching out for prayer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when there's difficult things that we're facing uh, professionally or personally. Um, I have great targets and goals in my spiritual development, <laughs> and I, I know I'm probably in the in minority. I don't I don't hit all those goals, um, but I can really feel it when I don't, when I'm not really being prayerful consistently, not just at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, but throughout the day, like prior prior to sessions. It's um, you know common for me to to pray before, sometimes praying with with patients, depending on what their comfort level is, but. Um, but yeah, and I think I'm also praying to like get access to some of my stuff and my challenges so that um, I can be better equipped uh, to respond to to my patients, to family and community. And I think it's just it's a great gift that we have. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, I, I'm, I'm impressed with those that are, are therapists and, you know, maybe don't have a particular faith approach to their lives and how they're able to, to hold up. Is, yeah. Amazing to me. I think about that because the high prevalence of therapists who are agnostic or atheistic, um, I can't imagine the work that we do without the awareness of God. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, I think there'd be a natural proclivity either to defend and avoid or to despair. Mm -hmm. 
because I, you know, to your point, Mark, it's the sense of where, I mean, the importance of prayer, the, you know, the awareness of God, you know, working through us in that, I think providentially, um, he does have it figured out. Yeah. And for me, it gives a sense of rest and that try and be present with the person. We don't have to have all the answers because yeah. we really don't have them. Mm-hmm. God does. I love that because I might have a ten- natural tendency to take on responsibility, want to fix everything, want to help everyone, want to be the savior. And, but with God, I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I can right. just relax and be me and allow God to do his work uh, and, and let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you guys have ever had the experience, but there are times where I've tried to do too much. Just saying. Is there more than you can do? <laughs> that's, the, that's the question. Well, there was so a what is that, that though? Well, I'll tell you that that is an attempt to actually usurp the role of God, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's an attempt to usurp the role of God, right? And that doesn't work out for me. Um, you know, partly because God's jealous of his rule. You know? So, um, so I get reminded of that if I, if I, and I, you know, and that's been part of my, not only my spiritual formation, but that's part of my human formation, right? Mm-hmm. To, to realize that, you know, I have a tendency to like want to do for other people, kind of like what you were talking about, Jerry, it was really resonating when you were talking about that, you know, proclivity to try to, you mm-hmm. know, to help. I mean, there's a reason that we become clinicians, right? People that, you know, don't really care about other people don't generally go into the field of psychology as practitioners, at least, right. you know, or mental health services. So, I mean, you know. We don't get a lot of referrals. <laughs> well, like you should, right? You should know how to handle right. every situation. You should right. know how to respond in the moment to everything. You should be able to provide time right. for everything. And no, it's like, being docile to the Holy Spirit is really important. Like in terms of, I think developing virtue of humility as uh, as mm. individuals. Like yeah. I think I have yeah. a beautiful plan in some of my sessions. Like it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and I realize this is not gonna go the way that I intended, and that's okay. But right. what what helps ease my anxiety and worry is like if I'm prayerful about it. It's like right, God is gonna allow something to happen I did not foresee or the patient foresee, and then something happens and it's like wow, it's amazing. I think some of our patients are disappointed, and they're disappointed in the sense of where we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, the humility, I think, is important in the sense of it's powerful for someone to hear, and at times upsetting, you know, Dr. Sutter, just tell me what to do, and I'll right. do it. You know, right. I will make right. a cake. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you can make lots of cakes and follow a recipe, it doesn't mean it's good. And it's really, you know, what I say, kind of off the cuff, but I mean this, the sense of where, well, maybe you should ask God. Are you, are you praying about this? Are you talking to him about this? So it's not so much of a way that I know. But maybe you need to ask the one that does. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't talk to me. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but often the response is, I've right. done that. Yeah. I've yeah. done that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that, that's very common. And I think what's, you know, to comment that Jerry made earlier, that opens up something so much more too. Because it's, then you start to explore what is my relationship with God? Who, well, frankly, who is God? Right, right. But I, uh, to get back to, to us right. and and how we uh, are it was formed. too much time on God. Let's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but, but in the interest of the topic, right? Yeah, yeah. Make I, good on the, I, yeah. I am extraordinarily blessed. Um, and, and two days a week, I work out of uh, my parish, which is a Byzantine Catholic church. So I feel like I live in a sanctuary, mm. work in a sanctuary, you know. And so it's very easy to sit in prayer in the church 
uh, even I do counseling in an actual chapel. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm in an environment where I'm completely surrounded by it. So it's so easy to just walk into a space of prayer. My clients come in, they wait and pray. Often, I don't have to, it's just an option, but it's like, um, that's a nice, when I'm in my office, I have to have reminders, right? right? So I have a, I have a, a picture of um, um, Mary and Jesus, like a mother and child image. I have an icon. And I bring, and I, and it constantly brings me back, reminds me, and takes me back to God. It's just a, a, a throughout the day, you know, uh, space. And I don't know, like you were saying, um, Mark, earlier, like I don't know how one functions without that. It's just life giving. It's just a constant reminder of why I'm doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you hold on to? Uh, the conviction that there's meaning in suffering, you know, mm-hmm. without that. And we come in contact with a lot of suffering, mm-hmm, you sure. know, um, experiences that people have had or mm. ongoing things that they're struggling with. And without some sense of the transcendent, some, some sense of purpose and meaning that God has a plan for all this, that redemption is real, I, I would have a hard time seeing how you could, you know, continue to do this work. Well, being being reminded, I think if we're truly loving our patients, going back to an earlier conversation we have, there's a cost in that, you know, of giving, you know, of energy, of time. It's a great cost, but I think being reminded of the ultimate goal, which is, you know, the salvation of the soul of the person we're working mm-hmm. with and our own, it's a mutual good, right? Mm-hmm. As you mm-hmm. said, right. that's a beautiful thing to expend yourself doing, but um, because of that cost and that energy. If we are not balanced, particularly in our, our spiritual life and our prayer life, you know, devil could enter in and want to like, you know, tempt us, feel like you're too worn down, don't do this, or or, pot, or want us to take on more things, which can really water down maybe some of the work that we do. So uh, we've had some other conversations about it. We about have, this. haven't we? Yes. <laughs> well, that's an important point to bring up. Like, I, I'm really, I'm really thankful to God for all of you guys because we get together on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know, and part of my human formation mm-hmm. has been, you know, bouncing things off of you guys, you know, talking mm-hmm. about what's going on and sure. having things get pointed out, you know, um, yeah. you know, we've come to know each other really well over mm-hmm. the years, right? Um, and, um, and that's, that's been huge in my mm-hmm. formation as a human, as a human being, not, and not just the spiritual stuff, just spiritual things, you know, we pray together, we, you know, we, you know, we, we share other, other aspects of spiritual life, but that human formation is really, really critical well, because grace builds on nature, right? You've got to have a solid natural foundation right. for that yeah. spiritual building to yeah, happen. Absolutely. And, and I think it's important for us to, to, to talk about the, the natural level stuff too. Um, right. And absolutely, uh, friendships and, and this group in particular have been very, very important for me. Um, but I mean, other simple things on a natural level that I know I need to attend to if I'm going to be um, able to be present to my patients, uh, like getting a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's such a, such a simple thing, but uh, I know I can only go a night or two, you know, short on sleep before it starts to mm-hmm. spill over and I can't concentrate. and. Um, you know, I'm spacing out and things like this. And I've also noticed that, uh, and you and I were talking about this the other day, Dr. Kudan, that is exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, exercise mm-hmm. really helps me just in terms of, of um, being able to focus and uh, have energy and um, 
uh, it just improves my mood too. So I, I just feel like I do better work when I'm well rested and I've had some exercise. Um, and it's just good for me in general too. Um, but I think it trickles down to my patients and my family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've noticed I've tried to do, start to do exercise in the middle of the day. Yeah. I tried to work that in yeah. and cause the mornings just don't work for me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, and what I have found is that when I do that, yeah. when I come home, I have all this energy. Whereas mm -hmm. if I don't, I come home and I'm just like, uh, Drained. I just want to like mm -hmm. collapse on the couch kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and so I love that difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that point. Mm -hmm. It does feel we're talking a lot about self-care, about um, being mindful of the cost and how to detox, how to um, maintain the receptivity, the capacity to be present to our patients and to help them with the pain that they have and to do something with the effect that has on us and not consider ourselves some yeah, impervious supermen who can handle everything <laughs> and do everything and keep doing everything. Um, because eventually you wear down. Well, not all of us are Dr. Malinowski. <laughs> <laughs> so you're absolutely right. And for those of, us, those of us who aren't, we have to take a break to take care oh, of ourselves. Oh, so. <laughs> There's some backstory to that. <laughs> well, it's just because we all admire you so much. Uh, we all look up to you. Uh, we, John, you spoke of idealizing therapists. Uh, we're all guilty of that a little bit here. Yeah. It's just different ways to discharge the aggression which which the negative emotions come in some people slaughter chickens some people go to the gym some people chop wood it's just, just different ways we know which help us but the therapists <laughs> therapists never go to therapy themselves though Oh, no. Right. But, oh, no. Why would they need to? They're in therapy all the time. <laughs> we have such amazing insights. Right? You raise a really great point, yeah. right? I mean, if you go back to if you go back to psychoanalysis, right, mm -hmm. um, and the way that and because that was really where you know clinical psychology you know kind of had its mm -hmm. roots, mm -hmm. right? There there was an absolute requirement that you went through you know your own analysis, mm -hmm. right? And the idea was that you were going to be confused about interpreting somebody else's experience if you didn't understand your own experience. Mm -hmm. And that, that wasn't grounded in Catholicism. That right. was just a natural level observation mm -hmm. that reasonable people came to. Mm -hmm. um, so um, not that all the early psychoanalysts were <laughs> reasonable. reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not all in accord with Catholic thought, I right. would say. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and, 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 and many, many uh, schools of therapy now still are, are pretty adamant about the, uh, the need, uh, for, um, for your own therapy. Well, therapist. there are therapists who specialize in working with other therapists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we're a special group. Yeah. yeah. We are special. Special needs. Special needs. Yeah, so we're a tough group. I think we're tougher, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. We overthink everything. Well, you know the old yeah. saying about doctors being the worst patients, right? Mm -hmm. I think there, there's truth to that. Yeah. 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 I, for me, personally, um, having a spiritual director has been important. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, but also at times having a therapist, uh, especially if I was going through a difficult time mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, because we do have to continue to, to work on our stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and to, to look at ourselves and, um, you know, the work we do, you know, is challenging. Um, 
sometimes, um, you know, you're working with a patient and you realize that you have the same problem the patient has, <laughs> right? You know, that's always uncomfortable. Um, right? But you see he's handling it better sometimes? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that particularly feels, feels bad. Uh, yeah. But it's part of the receptivity. You try to be present and not yes. not complain to him about that. Right. Yeah. But and, it's a boundaries. Thing. A boundaries thing. Yeah. As, well, as well, talk about um, knowing our own stuff. And I think there is an implicit um, space. How much space in session? Um, if we haven't resolved something, if we're afraid to go somewhere because of our own issues, that does constrict mm -hmm. what people are able to do. Some um, our pa some patients are pretty intuitive. Well, people are intuitive. You can tell how much room there is, and some people don't want to over overburden you. Um, and if it's true, you're burned out. Okay, I guess I can't right. talk to him about stuff today. That's so right. how about them Steelers? Yeah. Well, exactly. that's a good point because yeah. what it can <clears throat> imply is a sense of where what we consider to be acceptable to talk about mm -hmm. and what's not acceptable too. Mm -hmm. But ideally, I mean, our patients should be able to talk about anything. There's some things they can't do, mm. but in the sense of what they say, they should feel free. Right. But if they're filtering because they think it's going to be burdensome to us, right? Mm -hmm. that's, then that's a problem. That's, a problem. that's where, our, where our brokenness is, is limiting mm -hmm. the therapy. It's the feedback that we we are giving because we're tired, burned out, right, whatever. Right, right. And we might not even be aware of it. But clients are often exquisitely sensitive to it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. I learned a ton about doing therapy from being a client in the therapeutic, you know, in the therapeutic interaction too. I mean, that was really informative. Like there are things that I've learned from my therapists that have been really helpful mm -hmm. uh, as well. So. Mm -hmm. And then there were some things I learned from my therapist that I said, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so. it, it feels different on the other side. Yeah, it's, it is. It is. Well, that might be a good place to wrap things up. Wrap things up. All right. Well, again, thank you to all of uh, all of our guests. And thank you to uh, Real Woods in uh, Cincinnati for hosting us. And uh, we will look forward to getting together again in the future and to picking up the conversation at Fly on the Wall here at Souls and Hearts. God bless. Take care.